Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to another edition of Coach Starnes Raw. Now this this episode couldn't come at a better time after a uh, great national championship game last night. One that was, you know, built up. It's, I mean, giant versus giant. Two, I mean, without a doubt, the two best teams in the country playing the best conference in the country and and it lived up to the billing last night. It was a that was a great football game. It's it was it was a game that was extremely physical on both sides of the ball for both teams. And you know, <clears throat> going into halftime 9 to 6 was just typified or was um, was perfect. It was a perfect, you know, halftime score to represent the physicality and on both sides of the ball for for both teams, uh, it was a game that you know both coaches talked about before the game, saying it was going to be one in the trenches, and and I believe that's exactly what happened. Uh, you know, my overall take on the game was that I mean I th- I felt that, and I think everybody feels that Georgia from top to bottom was a lot better than Alabama on the roster. You know, minus qu- quarterback play, of course, uh, Bryce Young. <laughs> is is outstanding i mean they alabama definitely had you know the advantage at quarterback but from top to bottom georgia is unparalleled and so we finally saw them get over the hump last night and to me the first half was the you know i I don't want to say new kid on the block because georgia's been good for a while but them trying even with the better roster the better players the more talented team trying to get over that hump but Alabama, the championship acumen of Alabama and, and their coaching staff and Saban and his staff kept them at bay as long as they could, and then Georgia explodes in the fourth quarter. <clears throat> in the second half, really, when their run game takes over. But, you know, what kind of what I saw was, you know, in that first half, Alabama came in on both sides of the ball with an outstanding game plan. And I'm going to give it to Bill O'Brien. I know I, I haven't always been a big, huge fan but his game plan in the first half was was great. They were attacking Georgia on the perimeter. They were taking Georgia's significant advantage in the box out of play, and they were making their corners and safeties make tackles. And with Alabama's physicality on the perimeter, they were having success moving the ball all the way down the field. Where they had problems was, of course, when they got down into the red zone because now the field is shortened. Georgia has less ground to cover. And then it becomes just a physical mismatch. And, and Georgia won that because they are physical in the secondary. And they were able to to have key breakups of, uh, of passes in the red zone. And Georgia's defense held strong in the red zone. That was the key. Because Alabama was definitely in control in the first half. They had the better offense in the first half. It took Bennett a while to get settled down, and the Georgia offense a while to get settled down. Way too many penalties in the first half. I believe they had seven penalties in the first half. But because of their red zone defense and because of their hustle, I think it was best shown whenever Bryce Young hits his tight end down the down the um, <clears throat> down the sideline, and the Georgia defender, I believe it was number five, chased him down, and they're able to hold him to a field goal. That should have been a touchdown, and in most instances that would have been a touchdown. But his effort to chase that tight end down and tackle him, I believe, was around the four or five-yard line. And then they were able to hold Alabama to a field goal, kept it a one-score game, 
that was huge. That was huge because offensively, minus the big pass down the middle, Georgia's offense was inept in the first half. They were not able to run the ball. The play calling was all over the place. I believe that if in the first half, if Georgia would have stuck with just running the football, running the football, even though I know there wasn't a lot of room right there at the beginning, if they would have ran the football and, and been real quick in the passing game, instead of trying to hit the big play early on, they would have had much more success in the first half offensively. But they got away from that. They were looking for the big play. They got one of them. But it also lended itself to a lot of penalties and Stetson Bennett taking a lot of sacks in the first half. Getting behind, They were behind the change. They were, the, the, the Georgia offense was constantly behind the chains in the first half. And, and so what we saw in the second half now, again, the first half was, 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 characterized, was characterized by Georgia's red zone defense keeping their team in the game. The whole time it's now a one-score game. That was the significance of that. I, 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 do, I, I don't question – I'm not even questioning the play calling in the red zone – Georgia's defense is outstanding. It's one of the best I think we've ever seen in college football. And when they have, when they don't have to cover such a wide part of the field, when the field shrinks in the red zone, they get even better. And that's what we saw last night. And their efficiency in the red zone defensively is what kept themselves in the game because Alabama was well prepared. They executed. I thought they played an outstanding football game. And I saw Nick Saban afterwards. I've seen him numerous times look exhausted and beat down after a game, especially when they don't play well. He was proud of the way his team played, and I would be too, because Georgia was the better football team. They should have won that football game. But they couldn't. They The only reason they got over that hump was because they were able to keep it close enough in the first half when they did not play well in the first half. <clears throat> Too many penalties. The offense was inefficient. The play calling was all over the place. They need if Georgia would have came out and established the run game early, and stuck with it. You stick with what you do. That game would have been. I think that game Georgia would have uh, put the game away a little earlier. But Alabama did was exactly. They had a great game plan. Great game plan. They stacked a line of scrimmage, and. And, and, and made Georgia throw the ball down the field. They made Georgia throw the ball down the field, which they're not great at, took away the tight ends, and they made Georgia throw the ball downfield. On offense, they attacked the perimeter with a quick passing game and with perimeter runs and made Georgia, made Georgia tackle on the perimeter, not in the box where they're better than everybody. They made them tackle on the perimeter. And Alabama's offense, I mean, Alabama was in absolute control of that game because they came in with such a great plan, and Bryce Young's great. He's great. I know he had two interceptions last night, but he, that's not the reason they lost the game. It's not. The reason I feel they lost the game is, and I'm not blaming it on anything, but when, when Jameis Williams went down, when Williams goes down, that was a – significant blow with Mechie already out. Not to say that, and, 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 and Coach Saban said at halftime, we have talented guys. They don't have this experience as the other guys, but we have talented guys, and they, and they do. But those guys don't have the experience, and they're in the national championship game. 
And so coming down the stretch right there in the fourth quarter, to me, the turning point in the game was not the Bennett fumble. I mean, that is that was a turning point in the game. But to me, the one that 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 signified or that was the biggest blow for Alabama was when they're down there in the red zone and they are able to get pressure on and they were able to get pressure on Bryce on Young in the red zone. Georgia did a great job of getting pressure on Young. But there were two passes. One was a back shoulder to number, I believe it was number seven. He dropped it. And the next one, Bryce pressure, uh, Bryce Young under significant pressure, puts the ball on the money, throws a dime to number 84 on a corner out and puts it right on the money and it's dropped. If he catches that ball, I feel confident Alabama's going to go in and score a touchdown. But what George is able to do, and it's a two-score game then, and what you'll, but instead, they line up for a field goal. Georgia blocks the field goal. That was the turning point of the game to me. That was it. There were key drops down the stretch that Bryce Young put the ball on the money, and he had key drops down the stretch. And that was the difference. You, you cannot, when you're playing a team that's better than you, you cannot afford to have mishaps like that. And that was the turning point in the game. Yes, the Bennett fumble, that was obviously a turning point, led to the only Georgia touchdown, I mean the only Alabama touchdown. But then Stetson Bennett is a winner. Not the most talented quarterback, obviously. But he was the guy, and, and I was listening on the way in this morning and they were talking about, oh, should they put JT Daniels in? But I didn't. I'm not gonna lie. I didn't even see him warming up. But uh, <laughs> I must have been up doing something then. But but I, to me, that was never even a question. You don't. You you go with the guy that got you there. I mean, yes, if you're down three scores and you're looking for something, and or if you're down you know, two scores, maybe. But that was always a one score game. And 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 the guy has is a good leader. He's a great leader. Not a great I mean, at that level, he's a obviously a good quarterback, but at that level, he's just a great leader. He has showed great character. I mean, that fumble, he he could have cowered down. He could have he could have shut it down after that fumble that led to the Alabama touchdown, but he didn't. Oh no, he didn't. He comes back, goes four for four on the next drive, draws him offside with the free play, and throws a beautiful ball to number five right there in the corner of the end zone. Beautiful ball. And so to me, that was the, that was the story. I saw a Saban that was pleased with the way his team played after the game. Because there's going to be – I mean, he's playing a great Georgia team. This Georgia team should have beat Alabama. But the story to me was, again, the drops. Alabama's not able to convert in the red zone, but there's a reason. It's not like it was bad play. It wasn't like it was bad, bad play calling or poor play in the red zone. No, Georgia's defense is great in the red zone. You knew that. And they did a great job of getting pressure on Bryce Young in the red zone. So... So to me, that was the difference. And then it comes down and, you know, by then after, you know, the touchdown pass, Georgia's up eight points. And if, and I, and I know I called it, I, I said, I said, I said, Georgia by eight, Georgia by eight. And if, <laughs> if they would have fallen down on the pick 
if the pick, if he had taken a knee, it would have won. They would have won by eight. But I didn't. I guess I didn't factor in the pick six right there at the end. But they just capped it, you know, making it a you know thirty three to eighteen final. But uh, but again, great football game. Two great football teams. I I really thoroughly enjoyed watching that game. Um, it's great. It's a great story. I'm so I'm so glad for Georgia. It it doesn't you know knock anything Alabama does. It's a great Alabama football team. They just Georgia was better, and and Georgia, it, it showed in the fourth quarter. It re, it really did, especially when, you know, with with Alabama not at full force. It that was a better Georgia team, and they should have won that game, and they did. Hats off to Kirby Smart and his staff. They did a great job. Both staffs did a great job. So, so there it is. College football done for 2021-2022 season. Now it goes into <laughs> to, to free agency in college football, basically with the transfer portal. What are teams going to look like next year? No clue. So I'm 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 not gonna lie. I've I've never been more excited to watch spring games because I, I'm gonna have to try to keep up with who went where and who's playing for who and who transferred where. This this transfer portal situation is is crazy, crazy in NIL crazy. It, it's totally changing the complexion of of college sports and college football. But it'll be exciting, you know, to see in the spring game who's playing where, who's playing, who's gonna be where. Let's transition to the NFL. Let's transition to, that was an exciting Sunday. A great Sunday. And I, I say Saturday too. Now, the, the Eagles-Cowboys game with a lot of the Eagles sitting a lot of their players, not to say that, I'm not saying they would have beat the Cowboys anyway, but but that game was kind of, um, you know, after a, a valiant effort in the first part of the game, that that game got out of hand in a hurry and should have, but... You know the earlier game, the Chiefs Broncos game, man, that was that was interesting. Broncos are in total control of that game until the fumble recovery for a touchdown, right there. Totally changed the complexion of that game. That allowed the Chiefs to wrap up the two seed. So they're going to have to. People are going to have to go through. Well, for at least the first two series, they're going to have to go through Arrowhead, most likely. So that's <clears throat> that played a significant role, but. But it was an exciting Sunday of football. I enjoyed watching the drama unfold. And, of course, it all starts with the Jaguars beating the Colts. And I'm not going to lie, that might be one of the worst losses I've seen in NFL history. I'm Through, what, two weeks ago, you know, or a few weeks ago, Thanksgiving, I, I want to say it was Thanksgiving weekend. It might have been. I, 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 might be, I might be getting my weekends confused. But I remember when the Colts beat the Patriots. All right, Colts are, Colts are getting hot at the right time. Then they had another big win and another big win. And now the Colts, the Colts are going to be a tough out in the playoffs. And then they lose to Vegas. They lose to Jacksonville. They lose to Jacksonville. Handedly. It was, what, 26-3 at one point. That was crazy. Crazy. And now they're out of the playoffs. So they're not going to be a tough out for anybody. That's just, that was one. That's one of the worst losses I've seen. But what it did was it made a very interesting Sunday. So now that puts even more significance on the or that puts significance on the Steelers Ravens game, and that was great. I got to watch the last part of that or that overtime when 
Ben Roethlisberger completed third down, third down, fourth down, third down. And they get out. I'm, I'm sitting there going, the Colts are going to get in. This game's going to end in a tie. This game is going to end in a tie. And the Colts are going to sneak in the playoffs after losing to Jacksonville. This is crazy. But, hey, Roethlisberger and the Steelers were able to get it done. Again, Mike Tomlin does a great job. Such a great job. And it was so good to see Ben get get another week. He gets another week. Got to watch him, you know, in his last game at Heinz Field. That was pretty cool. And then last, you know, and then beat the Ravens in overtime. It's pretty pretty neat. And so I don't think they'll have much of a chance against the Chiefs. But uh, but it, but it's good to see that he's going to get to go out in the playoffs. Uh, and then the Sunday night game. A great game between the Chargers and the Raiders. Great game. Again, more and more meaning. And everybody, is it going to end in a tie? Is it going to end in a tie? And I'm sitting there going, it's about to end in a tie. And then the Chargers call a timeout, which I'm not going to necessarily knock the timeout. Yes, I mean, I, I I don't think we should. He should have called a timeout because I mean, at that point, the Raiders are playing for the tie. They're just going to kind of run the ball, see what happens, and they're going to go in. Now, I understand he was changing personnel. So, again, I'm not knocking that. I mean, that's a game time. You want to get your best personnel in there to stop the run. But calling the timeout changed the uh, the Raiders' way of approaching that, that game. They were about to go in with the tie. The tie was going to be their priority. And the Steelers were about to be out of it. What I question... And I I talked about it, I believe, last time about analytics. I'm not an analytics guy. I'm I'm the opposite. Going forward on your own 17-yard line early in the third or in the third quarter, I think is just absolutely just a terrible decision. Again, obviously, I'm not on that side of the fence, but that's just that's bad. You do not gain anything from going forward on your seven. You might get a first down, but in all actuality. Even if you get that first down, the chances of you scoring on that drive are minimal. Minimal. It is, but then the chance of you not getting it and them scoring, very high. That 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 doesn't. I know there's the percentages and they're looking, but that's that's just that that was a bad decision. A bad decision. And I've seen Staley and them go for it over and over again. I just I don't agree with it. I think it's got them where they're at. Because they are one of the most talented teams in the NFL, and they're not in the playoffs. So you know what I think they can do with the analytics. So that that's I think that's a, a large reason why the Chargers are not in the playoffs, and that should be analyzed. They should analyze that. They should analyze their use of analytics because football analytics play a role in everything to some extent, but football it, it, it's not that it's not that kind of game. It's not. It's a game that's won by field position. It's a game that's won by physicality. It's a game that's won by making great decisions. Yes, going with your gut, but that's but that's that's a bad decision. I was sitting there watching that and I just couldn't believe that they were going for it on their own seventeen yard line or eighteen yard line. So but that was a great game, great finish. It was a very exciting Sunday. You know, I know everybody was questioning, oh, they're adding a week. It's going to devalue it. Oh, it's going to cause, it's just, it's just going to make it 
less interesting coming to that. It made it more interesting coming to that last week. It was great. Add the seventh team to the playoffs, great decision for the NFL. That was great drama on Sunday. And it just goes to show, best run organization, best sport, NFL. NFL, best run organization right now. It just is what it is. Whether people agree with it or not, NFL is the best run organization in professional sports. They do a great job. Now, let's look at the match. Oh, also, another game. Sorry. The the 3 o'clock slot. The San Fran-LA game was great. I think I think uh, San Fran spotted them 17. And then San Fran fights back having to win to get in because New Orleans beat the Falcons. And watching them, that, that was a great win. Great overtime win. You know, capped off by the interception by Stafford right there at the end. I don't think the Rams have it. I don't think, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to give my picks. And again, they're going to be kind of off-the-cuff picks. I haven't studied every game. I would have been if this was Friday. I would have been to get. I would. I would like to think that I would have been able to give a better idea of of who I uh, my my picks would have been better researched. But uh, but I do stand by my win last night. I thought that was a good call. Again, if he falls down on the pick, which most a lot of people would have after he intercepted it, and they could have went off into this, they would have won by eight. By the way, Georgia would have. Um, so let's look at these NFL games. You know, it starts off, and, I, and I'm excited about this. I mean, we get it Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I can't wait. And I love watching the Mannings. I know I've talked about that. I can't wait to watch the Mannings on the Monday night game. But let's start with the Saturday games. You know, st- we, we kick it off at 3.30 with Raiders and Bengals. And again, I wanted to see the Patriots and Bengals, so I was I was kind of going for the Chargers. Not that I have a dog in the fight either. I just kind of wanted to see I wanted to see the Pat- Patriots and Bengals because we've seen Patriots Bills now. Uh, I'll get to that in a minute. But Raiders Bengals, interesting game. Very interesting game. Uh, gosh, the Raiders have done a, a great job. Carr. I mean, if, I know a lot of people are talking about Brady Rogers MVP. Listen, we can also throw Carr in there too. He's had to overcome a lot of obstacles to help lead his team to the playoffs. They haven't had a coach for over half a season. A head coach. Crazy. It's 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 absolute insanity. Gruden's been gone for that long. And the Raiders are now in the playoffs. Isn't that something? But but it's gonna be good. Ten and seven versus ten and seven. I know the Bengals are are favored by almost a touchdown. Joe Burrow's hot right now, and I think Joe Burrow's good. It's just going to be what Raiders team shows up. I mean, is it going to be the Raiders that that beat the Chargers? Is it going to be the Raiders that that beat the the beat the Colts, that beat the Cowboys, or is it going to be the Raiders that lost, you know, five or six games right there down the stretch after their bye? Was it? What I mean. What's it going to be? Or is it going to be the Raiders are hot right now? They won four in a row. Won four in a row. So which which Raiders team is going to show up? Having to go to, having to go to Cincinnati. The weather I think will play a factor. I, th- I do think the weather will play a factor. So, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting matchup. I think it's going to be a very close game. I would take the Raiders with the points. I'm not. I'm, I'm not betting. I'm just saying I would take the Raiders covering. But if I had to go with it, I'd pick the Bengals in a tight game. 
That's 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 my take. I'd, uh, I'd take the Bengals in a tight game. So I do think the the Raiders cover, but I think it's gonna. But I think the Bengals will win probably by about. I, I'm saying three. If I had to put it, Bengals by three or four. And then I can't wait to watch this game because I just I've talked about how much I admire Belichick, what they do, and, and the way they approach it. The Patriots and Bills. Now this game's going to come down. We're going to know early on in this game, I think, because the Patriots. And I've been watching Man in the Arena, and it just kind of harkens me back to you know watching Brady and when Brady was young with the Patriots, and it is very similar to right now with Mac Jones and the and the Patriots now, but with the exception of this. At that time, I thought Brady was good enough to bring the Patriots back. I don't know if Mac Jones is good enough to bring the Patriots back from behind if they get down by two scores. I don't know if he's good enough to do that yet. I'm not saying he won't be. I just don't know if right now he's good enough to bring them back from two scores. We're going to find out. But I say if the Patriots get the lead over the Bills, I think the Patriots will win the game. If the Bills jump out to a hot start, the Bills are going to win that game. It's going to be uh, – and so and, – and, and gosh, the point spread could be all over the place with this one. Again, if the Bills jump out, the Bills could win this game, I think, handedly. But if the Patriots jump out, I think the Patriots win a tight game. That's where I'm at on that one. So what's going to happen? I think the weather's going to play a significant role in it being in Buffalo. And that doesn't necessarily benefit the Bills, as we saw last time when they played in Buffalo. So, so it's a, hey, it's the rubber match, right? Patriots won in Buffalo. Buffalo won at the Patriots. I would have to tip it. I'd say Patriots tight. I'd say Patriots win a close game. Now, again, that might be my bias, which is probably clouding my judgment, but I'd say Patriots win a close game. I'd say they get out to a good start. They jump out early, and I think the Patriots will hold on. I think the Patriots win a close game. I think they'll be better prepared. I think they'll make the adjustments from the last game, but... But we'll see. We will see. If Josh Allen wants to be one of the premier quarterbacks, this is where he's going to have to start proving it in the playoffs. Might be one of the most talented and gifted quarterbacks in the NFL, if not the most talented and gifted, but you're going to have to start winning in the playoffs. So I take the Patriots in a tight one. So I think the Saturday games will be very good. Now that leads us into Sunday, Oh, and Sunday afternoon, the first game. Man, my Eagles. I'm going for the Eagles. They just got a tough matchup. That's a tough matchup for the Eagles going to Tampa. I think the Eagles will hang around early, but I think the Bucks will pull away. Uh, I'd say the Bucks by 10. I mean, I think the Eagles have a great run game, but I think I think the Buccaneers, what wins in the playoff is, playoffs, I believe, is quarterback play. And you're not going to find anyone better. Than, uh, than Tom Brady. Eagles had a lot of momentum, but they rested their starters, right? I mean, the Eagles had won four in a row going into, and they had won four in a row and six out of seven going into that Dallas game, and they rested their starters and kind of lost a little momentum, I think, there. I know, I mean, I understand resting your starters, too. I understand both both sides of that. I'm not playing on either side of the fence of that, but I think I think it's just going to be too much. I'd say bucks by 10. I do. That's what I think. But I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think the Eagles will be able to run the football. They play good special teams. They play solid on defense. I think it'll be a tight game for a while, and I just think the Bucks will pull away. Pull away. 
So, and then the game I think she might be the one of the best games, one of the most interesting games to watch, 49ers Cowboys, the afternoon slot, the primetime slot. I would say, I know the night game is supposed to be the primetime, but I'd say that 30-30 slot on Sunday is probably the best, and it's probably the most interesting. Now again, you know I'm biased here because I'm not a huge Cowboys fan. But uh, but I, I I I like the way they play. I like the way Dak Prescott plays. Uh, I'm I, you know I've watched him a lot because you have to watch him here in East Texas. Um, but I think it's a bad matchup for the Cowboys. You're getting a physical 49ers team that is very well coached, that is hot right now. They've won seven of their last nine, seven of their last nine. I mean, they're, they're hot. They've only lost to Tennessee and they lost a tight game at Seattle and they lost to Tennessee by three at Tennessee. I, after a a tough start, they had a tough start to the year going what two and four. And then they're one of the best teams in the NFL after that. I just think it's a tough, tough matchup for the Cowboys and outside of the NFC East, I believe the Cowboys are what four and Four and five, or or what? No, it, it's um, <clears throat> six and five, I believe, outside the NFC East. Six and five outside the NFC East. That's not good. That's not good. So I, I just think I think the 49ers are going to be physical. They're a very physical team. I think they're going to take away all the intermediate stuff and, and, and take away the run game. They're going to force Dak to throw the ball down the field. And if Dak's able to throw the ball down the field, which I don't think is necessarily his strong suit, then they, I think the Cowboys can can win, but I just think over, overall, I think the the Sam, I think the Forty Nineers are going to come in and play a different level of physical football. Especially physical football wins in the playoffs. Running the ball and playing great defense wins in the playoffs, and that's why that's what I think is going to happen. That's one thing people overlook about Tom Brady. Tom Brady does a great job of getting his offense in the right play. They beat the Chiefs last year because they were able to play great defense and run the football. That's why they beat the Chiefs. And Tom Brady made the throws the key throws in the game and made the right decisions. That's what he's great at. And so I think Sam Fran's going to do that. I think Sam Fran's going to come in. They're going to run the football. They're going to control the game. They're going to grind the game down. And I think they're going to win in the end. I'd say Sam Fran by four. Sorry, Cowboy fans. I mean, again, I could be, I could be totally wrong. I could lose every game. But it's the NFL, and obviously we know anybody can win. Now, one thing I am I, I don't think is a good matchup is the Chiefs and Steelers. As much as I would love to see, I would love to see, and I think Mike Tomlin, again, second-best coach in the NFL, I would love to see Ben Roethlisberger continue this role, kind of on, as his swan song, you know, rolling out. I don't think they're good enough to beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs are playing at home. They're playing a lot better defense now. I just think, just like the game, you know, a few weeks ago, I just think that, that the Chiefs are going to be way too much for for the Steelers. I mean, they beat them 36-10 to 10 at home a while back. I, I think it's going to be a little closer than that. I'm looking at a 13-14 point game. I think the Chiefs win by 13-14 points, not 26. But I think the Chiefs are going to pull away. I don't think it's going to be close. But I say the Chiefs by 13-14. or 14. I just don't think the Steelers have have it to beat the Chiefs. Now, they have a good run game. If they can run the ball, if the 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 key the way the Steelers can beat them 
is to come out and run the football and dominate the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. But you have to be able to get pressure. I talked about it last year when I had the Bucks beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You have to get pressure with four. You can't blitz Pat. You can't blitz Mahomes, Patrick. You can't blitz Patrick Mahomes continuously and be successful. You have to get pressure with your front four and shut down the run game with your front four. Now, if the Steelers can do that and then come out and run the ball, Steelers can win that game. In the NFL, anybody can beat anybody. That's their keys. That's what they have to do. I just don't think they're going to be able to do that. But if they do that, they'll beat the, they'll beat the Chiefs. You have to get pressure with four. And you have to have the ability to do that. And I don't know if they do. But they have to run the football and control the game. They have to grind the game down. And then the last game, the Cardinals-Rams, divisional matchup. This is very interesting. And again, I, I can't wait to hear the Mannings broadcast it. You know, this is the rubber match of this series. You know, the Rams won at Arizona. It's very similar to the Pats and the Bills. But they lost at home against Arizona early in the year by 17. They won in Arizona by 7. I think of the Rams are the better team here. Uh, I, if I had to pick someone, I'd say Rams. I think the Rams are the better overall team. I think they can grind the game down, and I just think they're going to – I think they're better coached than the – I'm not saying the other one's bad, poorly coached. I'm just saying I think they're, they have more experience. I think they're a better coach football team, and I think they have more coaching experience in the playoffs. So I give the Rams a slight edge. I think it's a – I think the Rams by, by six. I'd say Rams by six. I think it's going to be an exciting game. I think it'll be a fun game to watch. I'd say a mid a mid scoring game. I'm looking I'm looking 27-21 somewhere along those lines of that game. But it'll be exciting. And I'm looking forward to coming back in here next week and talking about it. Thank you again for joining me with it for another edition of Coach Starnes Raw.